0: A person who thinks all the time has nothing to think about except thoughts. So he loses touch with reality
1: and lives in a world of his own. This
2: is Lost in Dreams Radio.
1: I wonder. Dance music from around the globe.
2: Hello and welcome back to episode five of Lost in Dreams Radio. I'm your host, Taylor Cade. And first things first, I would like to say thank you, thank you, thank you to all of you amazing people who came to the inaugural Lost in Dreams Festival in downtown Las Vegas just this past month. The festival experience was so unique. It was so beautiful. It was so much fun. I personally, as someone who's a massive fan of this kind of music, melodic dubstep and future bass and vocal-driven dance music, I really felt like there was a special energy at this festival. And in speaking with a lot of you who were at the festival and a lot of the artists, we really experienced a special moment, especially after all that we've been through going through the pandemic and all the shows that have been canceled to have this new world come about and to have all the fans of this similar style of music all there together in one place was such an amazing experience. If you didn't get to be there, that's okay. There will be more Lost in Dreams shows in the future and more Lost in Dreams festivals and stages. So not to worry, you will get your fix. And until then, we have the radio show. Now, today is a very special day. Not only do I have brand new music from the Lost in Dreams label and artists that you heard at the festival, but I also have a very special extended interview with None other than Danny Olsen, as well as two of my favorite people in the dance music community, Chet Porter and Manila Killa, fresh off their back-to-back set at the Lost in Dreams Festival. They're going to be calling in later. This is going to be a jam-packed episode, so get ready for it. Kicking things off today is the brand new release on Lost in Dreams. It's the a MIDI remix of Wisdom by Haywire. It's a smash. You're locked in to episode five of Lost in Dreams Radio. Let's go.
1: Stand by for Lost in Dreams Radio. There's a little bit of wisdom in anything.
3: There's something to be gained from anything. Just a little bit of patience perspective Isn't there something to gain from anything
2: Episode of Lost in Dreams Radio right now, and I got a special guest on the line. Uh, one of my favorite artists of late, the king of cinematic bass music himself. We got Danny Olson here. How's it going, bro?
4: Yo, man. How you doing, Taylor? Thank you for having me, guys. Pleasure to be on. Pleasure for you guys to hear whatever we're gonna talk about. Really, really excited about this.
2: So stoked to have you on. We just got to meet for the first time at the Lost in Dreams festival in person, which was something that a lot of us artists who kind of have been chatting on social media and stuff like that have done. um, Then Lost in Dreams pulls all of us that are in the same genre together and we all get to have a big festival together. Let's start there. You had a massive set. I was there for the set. It was so fun to watch. There was a lot of special moments in it, it felt like. Let's just let you talk about it. How was your experience at the festival during the set, you know, outside of the set? Was this your first official festival booking? Is that right?
4: So... Technically, unless you count a small yoga arts festival on Catalina Island like eight years ago, yes, this was my first legit <laughs> festival, and especially Insomniac, you know, they got to do it right, and let's just say that this is the first big one, yeah. Done some touring, done tons of local stuff in Chicago, where I'm from, in L.A., uh, had a residency in Vegas at a couple of the nightclubs and day clubs years ago, but this was definitely the first... I can do whatever I want, play my own music, fully supported in the fans where they're expecting me to just do my thing, which was basically a rebirth. Um, it was insane. I mean, it was absolutely I had no pun intended dreams of what this was gonna be like, what I was gonna play. And I worked really hard in the set. I mean, there wasn't one track that was just the track. I probably had two and a half weeks of buildup of, you know, edits, mashups. Uh, just try to get as creative as I could with my original music, but also delivering, you know, a dynamic narrative based set that started in a certain way and, you know, ended in a certain way. That was that was really important to me. But I mean, absolutely unreal seeing that reaction. And obviously, I'm sure you felt that as well, like playing some of your tracks, people reacting to the stuff that you've made that you're proud of. Um, it's it's pretty Pretty unbelievable, pretty hard to describe, and and yeah, I, it just felt very surreal.
2: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Surreal is the right way to put it. You just, like, you get the chills, right? It's like when you play one of those songs, you put so much energy into, and it's like it means so much to you, and then finally be able to play it in front of people. Unreal feeling, for sure. I alluded to this earlier, but... The cinematic bass music thing, can you explain for people who might not know your sound as well yet, or even th- those who do, how did this whole thing come about? Maybe like how it, a little bit about your background and what how it led you to the current style that
4: you're now playing and releasing? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, to try and be brief, <laughs> there's kind of a lineage here. Um, I've been DJing since I was in middle school. I remember the day that I saw like a DJ at a friend's sister's high school graduation party. And from then on, I'm like, I'm going to be a DJ, man. I loved electronic music. I became obsessed with downloading illegal Eurodance on Russian torrent sites on my parents' computer, you know, in the, in the late nineties and early two thousands. And, um, But I always, in juxtaposition with that, had a love of classical music. I played the trumpet, I was on stage, you know, and I thought I wanted to be an actor and I had this love of, you know, um, art in that way and expressionism in that way. And when I got to college, I I was having a real struggle figuring out what I really wanted to do. I really wanted to major in, because I had all these outlets. But, you know, the biggest thing that came to me was actually being creative with it and writing music. So I got a degree at Indiana in classical, basic, basically classical composition. It was called composition and sound design with an emphasis in film and new media. So fancy way of saying film composer. Knew I wanted to move to LA, but I also wanted to pursue electronic music. So it took a lot of years in doing these things separately, you know, and I've, I've made most of my my strides from a financial sense is in being a composer and being known for that, but i also have had this whole dj electronics side and i've recognized why like why is nobody doing this you know let's just say why is everybody seemingly learning ableton you know off of a laptop and buying cracked plugins and like that's all fine but like that wasn't really my upbringing so i thought well how do i differentiate myself i have to lean into this composer identity and not just be you know another dj making future bass because i didn't see that for what i was making as a track that would lead me to success. Uh, I wouldn't be able to push through the noise with the stuff I was making in that way. So I sort of leaned into this brand of, you know, I love writing beautiful music. You know, I love a banger just as much as everybody else. And I like producing hard stuff as well. But whenever I would sit down to write the stuff that would come out was always extremely emotional. And a lot of the time it was it was geared for sync and sync basically just means that it's it's apt to get used in movie trailers, TV promos, uh, advertisements, what have you. uh, Cause that's where a lot of my experiences come from in the compositional field. So this whole, you know, cinematic base thing came from leaning into the identity of being a composer, but also loving electronic music and sort of marrying the two under this massive sonic identity. Um, So yeah, I mean, that's kind of the journey I've been on to just sort of try to differentiate myself in a way that appeals to people, but also stays true to the background that I have, the, you know, the, the education and the love for both of those pretty, pretty different styles, I would say.
2: Right. And it definitely has been resonating. You have gotten some huge numbers on the streaming platforms. I mean, between your remixes for, like, Slander, "Said the Sky, etc., and then also some originals that are all jumping now into, like, the millions of streams, you've actually had four releases now on Lost in Dreams. What is so exciting about being a part of the Lost in Dreams family? Because, I mean, you've had, yeah, like I said, four releases now, and it seems like, you know, they're just gonna keep coming.
4: Yeah, we're talking about a fifth. Um... And I can't really go into too much about that because nothing's solidified. But the thing with Lost in Dreams is I've sent my music to a lot of different places, as I'm sure a lot of producers and DJs have, because you see where people are getting attention. You see where the platforms are. You endeavor to be a part of those. But the unfortunate thing that I've seen with a lot of labels is that their a and and their gatekeepers respond in a way that is sort of anti-creative in a lot of ways. Um, And what I mean by that is, they look at music as a product. And how will this resonate with our audience? Can I pitch this to Spotify playlists? Will DJs on this record label even wanna play this music? And while those are good things to think about from a business sense, I've always had a lot of no's from a lot of different labels um, because they're like, well, this is really cool, but we really don't know what to do with it. Or it's too long or it's too slow. And I'm like, well, I can't sit here and try to be innovative while also pandering to your fan base. It's not feasible for me. It's not gonna make me feel like I'm doing my music diligence. You know, if I'm making decisions based on the fan base and who's gonna play my records, to me, that's not a sustainable career. That's just, it's it's like the same as being like, oh, Deep House is cool now. I'm just gonna learn how to make Deep House. You know regardless of if I really love that style. You know, so I don't really think that's the right way to approach being an artist. So I haven't really gelled with a lot of those labels. And of course, it really doesn't matter who they are. I will say that Lost in Dreams was one of the first, um, not the first, because I've had had some other success with other, other labels. And, you know, I'm not saying that they're the first one that believed in me. But they they really gave me this platform in saying, listen, we're starting something. We want you to be a part of it. We love what you do. And there was not ever really like a, okay, we like this, but change a bunch of things. You know, it was like, this is amazing. We're so passionate about this. This is going to be huge. You know, we love what you're doing. We want to sign it. So it was kind of a fresh feeling to think, wow, I can just kind of do whatever I want or do what I think is right for the record, and it will be supported in a very big way. Not to say that they wouldn't have comments and feedback. And I think that's really important, you know, like, oh, have you thought about doing this? Have you thought about doing this? This might help the song become better. I love that, especially for managers, other producers, A&R, what have you. Um, Feedback is always super crucial to a creator because oftentimes if you're someone like me, you're far too close to the record and you sort of lose your objectivity, you know, totally. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Some of my records are V68 and I'm like, it's still not done, even though I'm past the point of making changes to it that would even, like, be noticeable to people. Um, but Lost in Dreams, they were kind of just like, you know, we love what you're doing and send us whatever you're excited about. And I did, and that's kind of been the history. And that's pretty rare because, like I said, in, in the 10 years I've been out in L.A., and the 15 years I've been really seriously pursuing dance music, there's far too often this standpoint of how is this going to do, you know, will this stream well and all these things. And of course, those are proper metrics to consider, but you can't lead with them so far as to inhibit the creator's expression and make them make the decisions of, oh, I should try to sound like Seven Lions because he's had success, or I should try to sound like, you know, Elenium, or I should try to sound like Diplo or whatever it is. I've always tried to stay away from that and be very careful with just being me. And if people don't understand it, And that's totally fine. And that's why I self-release, you know, and I have a lot of self-releases coming up just because I don't really know if they'd fit anywhere else. But Lost in Dreams has really, uh, you know, absorbed my cinematic based sound and really let me run with it, which is which is exciting and and really awesome.
2: Yeah, I'm so glad you said all that because it really does need to be said. They I mean, yes, I am. A little biased here, okay? I'm running the radio show and I'm involved with the label, <laughs> but it's for a reason. You know, yeah. I reached out to them of for the same reasons. Their whole vision from the beginning has very much been, let's do something that isn't already being done. And I think that's why they're letting, you know, the artists really be artists and supporting that. And, you know, you can hear it come through in all the releases that, are pu- that they're putting out, you know, including yours, obviously. And speaking of yours, let's talk about the new release, Melting with Yetep and Isa. Tell us a bit about the background on this one. It's such a cool track. Thank you,
4: man, I appreciate that. Yeah, um, well, so this was a poem that Stella Smith, um, she's an indie pop, really amazing artist. She and I had a studio session like, God, maybe two, three years ago, and I wrote the piano, and she was like, I have this poem, it's called Melting, and she, like, read it to me, and I'm like, damn, that's crazy. Like, people that can just write poetry freehand like that, incredibly impressive. So i I'm like, let's write a song around that. Like, the idea of, you know, you're, you feel lonely because anybody that gets close to you, you burn. And it's sort of an isolationist, you know, theory of am I better off by myself? Um, you know, and... The lyrics and the melody came from there, and the song honestly sat on a playlist. I don't know if people who are listening are aware, but a lot of the times, especially when I write, like you might write a sketch and it's just piano and vocals, and you might not know what to do with it. Like I didn't produce that, because I, I didn't know. It was so beautiful and emotional that at the time, I didn't really know what production style to give it to really make it work. And it kind of sat on a playlist, and we were talking to Utep's team, He picked it out and said, wow, this is incredible. Like, I want to work on this. So I said, yeah, go for it. I have literally no idea what to do. So go for it. Absolutely. So I sent him the stems. He came back with like a raw sketch and I immediately got chills. I remember the first time I listened to it, I was in my car and I blasted it. And I was like, whoa, this is, this is like hard, but it's still emotional and it still like goes to that place, but it feels correct. And then... I took over from there, brought in tons of orchestra stuff, re- re- reworked the drop a little bit. Um, and then, but Stella's voice is a little bit more close not closed off, it's a little bit more intimate, a little bit more high-pitched. I'm like, all right, well, the record we have now needs, you know, and this also happens sometimes, and of course we got her approval to get a different singer on it w- when we released it. And I was like, man, this girl Marissa, Issa, she has the voice for it. And I knew her through, my girlfriend knew her, but I also had heard her videos or covers on Instagram. I'm like, this girl has power. So I brought her in. I'm like, what do you think about this? Do you think you could sing this? Even though it's technically, you know, it's not your writing, but would you be down to be the vocalist? She's like, oh my God, I'd be honored. She literally was an angel the entire way. She was so incredibly cool. Came in for multiple takes. I really pushed her, I think, especially on that, the the drop. You know, I was like, you really need to like, soar over this thing because it's so big like it needs a vocal that can kind of sit right on top of it and I don't know I-, I think right when she sung it and I started working the vocals I was like I think this is going to be a big record like it's just everything kind of came together and it was equal parts emotional like you hear her in the beginning and it's so intimate and I think the first line we used that knuckles are black and blue that was off of her demo like I never replaced that because she nailed it the first time she sung it and then yeah it was just kind of like I knew it was gonna be big and we kind of sat in it for a while, but then when we showed it to Lost in Dreams, I was like, this is kind of a stretch only because it's so. I, I really think this record really represents me as a cinematic based artist. Like it fully encapsulates the power and the writing that I wanna to bring to the table. And I was a little bit just nervous because. You know, it's sort of a ballad in the beginning, and a lot of the songs on Lost in Dreams have more of a pop-centric focus and beginning. Uh, kind of like Undertow, my other record, that was more pop-based. But they really went for it, and they d- they said that it was amazing as is. They didn't ask me to change anything. Um, and I don't know, we all just kind of had a really good feeling about it. And when uh, Yatep yeah, and I played it at Lost in Dreams, I actually just posted the video today on my Instagram because I saw it again. I rewatched it. It was like... It was crazy, it was so cool seeing all those people just like vibe to something that isn't out yet, wasn't out at the time. And that is sort of an experimental style. I mean, that to me was me not compromising at all. You know, there's always, especially with a collaboration, some sometimes there can be a certain level of compromise. Like one, you know, the artist, You know, you're working with might want a different synth or a kick drum or structure or chord progression or vocalist. But the way that it all came together with Peter, we just kind of agreed on everything, which was really rare. And he kind of let me do my own thing after he started it off. And then it just worked, man. And sometimes music can be that serendipitous. So I hope the energy carries that through and makes the release even more successful. It's had a very good start. Um, but yeah, that's a very long-winded story
2: of that song. <laughs> <laughs> so cool. No, it's fun here in the background, you know? I mean, everyone just hears every song that comes out. They don't realize all the work that goes into it in the back end and how much uh how much time and thought and uh you know passion goes into all of these projects.
4: Yeah, and and that's that's just me. You know, I I I used to make music and just put it out on YouTube and SoundCloud and be, oh, a Justin Bieber remix, oh, a Galantis remix, you know, because I didn't really understand what it meant to be an artist, and obviously that was a different time, that was years ago. But now I've just gotten, like, you know, I coach a lot of producers too, and I do education courses, and people email me and send demos, and I'm just like, you got to make sure that what you're writing is the best thing you've ever done. You have to be at that level of expectation of yourself because if you're just putting out songs and not really asking yourself is this the best I can do? Is this who I am as an artist? You're you're not going to cut out of all the noise because let's be frank, like it's a very competitive industry. You know, especially in this day with the access to technology, people are popping up from all over the place, you know, kids in their teens, incredible producers that are learning in their parents' bedroom in a foreign country, you know what I mean? So, not to say that that should, should dissuade you from getting your message out, but You can't just throw out songs, be like, hey, this is it. Like, I don't think that that's the best way to try to create a long lasting thing for yourself in being an artist, you know, and asking the questions of, is this really important to me? Did I do the best that I could for this record? Did I do it justice? Am I proud of it? Do I wanna share this? And all those things have to be yes. And if they are, then don't worry about how many streams it gets. You've already done far and above. What so many artists do and just like release, 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 release is about volume. It's not really about the care and the attention that goes into your music. Um, And my hope is that when you do put that care and attention in, your fans will connect with you because of it. They will understand and they will hear in some worldly, spiritual, subliminal way that this is who you are as an artist and hopefully they'll want to be a part of your journey.
2: Love it. Well... Can't wait to hear what you got coming for us. Guys, if you're not onto Danny's music yet, you need to change that immediately. I think definitely one of the artists to watch um, and who I think, quite frankly, is going to explode, you know, come this time next year. I think you're going to have quite the audience there, my friend. Thanks, man. I really appreciate that. So let's uh, jump into the single now. This is Danny Olson and Yetep with their brand new collaboration out now on Lost in Dreams, Melting, featuring Issa here on Lost in Dreams Radio. Thank you, dude, so much for coming and joining us uh, on the show today. Thanks so much, Taylor. Really appreciate it. Okay, guys, we're going to get into it right now. You're in the mix on Lost in Dreams Radio.
1: This is
2: Lost
0: in Dreams Radio.
1: Knuckles are black and blue. I felt so how like I always wanted to. Sweat dripping down my cheeks. I must be melting like how I always thought I would. And there was a fear. To be
3: you see through me, through me. when you don't see i care when you don't see take care when you don't see too Frequencies i'm to be you be you to to see through me through me when you don't see i care when you don't see take care when you don't see too
2: in dreams radio that last song was the brand new out today from cave on on lost in dreams don't worry my love such a smash record now if you guys want to get in touch with us and tell us that you're loving the show or give me song suggestions whatever you want hit us up hashtag lost in dreams radio or check us out on socials at it's lost in dreams all right, jumping back into the music now with a new one from Hello World out on Slander's label Heaven Sent. This is called Something I Can't Change featuring Adam Turley. This is a banger. My head's in the
1: clouds I wanna look down I may be insane But it's something that I can't change I'm drowning below I sing till I flow Risking the pain Cause there's something I can't change Cause there's something I can't
3: change Something I can't change
2: episode five of Lost in Dreams Radio right now, and I got two special guests on the line, uh, fresh off an amazing set at the inaugural Lost in Dreams Festival. We got Chet Porter and Manil Killa here. How are you guys doing? What's up? Hey, what's up? I'm doing doing great, how are you? I'm doing very well. Uh, Excited to have you guys on the show today. So, first off, you know, I just mentioned you were at the Lost in Dreams Festival. You guys played back-to-back. I felt like your guys' set was really sort of like a standout set from the weekend. It felt really special and it felt like you guys got a really good reaction and it just felt really fun. There's other things about the fun side of the set that we'll dive into, but can you guys just talk a little bit about the festival, your experience and the weekend? I mean, it was the first time this has ever happened, right? So what was that like for you guys?
0: Yeah, it was uh I love Vegas when I play in Vegas just because the people that come through the shows are they're crazy, you know, they're they're super down for whatever you wanna play. And one thing that stood out to me was the fact that we were in downtown Vegas and if we just looked up we could see all the buildings around us, which I thought was really it, it's really sick when a music festival takes place like in a city, like downtown. So I always loved when that happens and yeah, that's what made it like really especially cool
2: chet thoughts on the festival (laughs) yeah no uh fuck it was fun (laughs) so let's talk let's just jump into let's do you do you always climb on the stages like you climb on the scaffoldings if you guys haven't seen it yet you can go see it on chet's uh on chet's instagram a bit of it he was like climbing on the rail like up the stage up the side of the what is it called the scaffolding i guess uh is this something you normally do when you play? Um, No, I mean, I I try to,
5: I think with DJ sets, I, it's fun to try and hype people up. I feel like that's kind of like half of the point of a DJ set, so just like get on the mic and yell shit and like climb stuff and like run around. I don't know, it's fun to try and like, because uh, I mean, when you're mixing, it's your low energy, but like if, if Chris is doing his mixing, then I'll run around and try and like get people excited or if I'm mixing them then, then Chris will like jump up on the table and try to hype people up or something you know it's just it's part of just like keeping that energy alive for the, for the show
0: yeah it was really funny cause every time I looked up uh, like while I was mixing or something I'd always find Chet in a different spot at one point yeah like at one point I saw him crawling under the stage and then like a few minutes later, he was climbing the scaffolding and I was just, uh, I was curious as to where he was gonna go next. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, at least, you know, you made it s- down safe physically from all your uh, all your adventures up there. What is the first time that you guys played a back-to-back set?
0: I think it was uh, Snowglobe, 2017. I think 2017, it was, um. Yeah. Yeah, it was, like, really random. Like, we had never went back-to-back before. Um, we're obviously, like, good friends, so we'd always interact with each other on Twitter. And I guess people just, like, really liked our music. So, yeah, we were just randomly asked to go back-to-back that one year. And then several more times throughout the next few years, we just kept being asked to go back-to-back. And it's really fun, and it's, like, a funny show when I go back-to-back with the set, just 'cause just because, like, the preparation that goes into our set is kind of just... We just make, or we just play the music that we just really enjoy and that we think would be fun to play out. And Yeah.
5: So, I yeah. think like our, our styles definitely like cater to each other really well. So it's, it's pretty easy to make a, a set that flows nicely with, with Chris. Yeah. Um, and it's also, it's always fun just playing with another person.
2: Right. So I know there's been an official Manila Killer remix of a Chet Porter song on Bummed. Um, I know you also just recently did like an edit of Chet's song Longest Day Ever. Do you guys have any official collabs in the works? What's going on with that? I Let's think. Do it. Go ahead. <laughs> Let's do it. I mean, I know, I know we've
5: tried in the past, but nothing really. I don't think anything really hit the way we wanted it to.
0: But you know, I definitely want to make a track with with Chris one day. Yeah. I'm like super down for that too I think we've done like one studio session together before but we've never really like properly sat down and tried to like figure something out yeah yeah. we're always like busy with our own stuff like I'm working on an album I, I think Chet's working on an album yeah, <laughs> so know. collabs kind of just happen spontaneously and randomly so it'll happen eventually I think
2: well, I'm, I'm. yeah I'm sure it will yeah, I mean it would make so much sense, right? And then you know that song finally after all these years of playing back to backs, I feel like that'd be a pretty epic, epic moment. So what what do you guys? We don't want you guys are busy. We don't want to keep you too long. What else do you guys have uh, coming on the horizon? You said an album's in the works musically, and then also show wise. What do you guys got coming up?
0: Um, yeah, so I have a song with Yuna coming out actually on October four, which is pretty soon. Really excited about that. Um, I have a. I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but I have a song with son Holo coming out like later in November, which I'm really stoked about. Yeah, huge. And Cute. then, yeah, just finishing my album and playing just random festivals and little one-off shows here and there, and then eventually an album tour fall of next year, hopefully. So I've got, I've got a lot of stuff planned. Love
5: it. Chet? You know, I've got, I've got more music coming down the pipeline and uh, nothing I can really day yet, but, and then I've got tour with uh, Son Hollow, the man himself, as well, so that's like October, to November, Um we'll be hitting like West Coast, I actually, I don't remember, but we're going to a lot of cities, so <laughs> uh, that'll be fun, come, come hang
2: Keep an eye on these guys' socials. Their music and their shows are so enjoyable. I saw the set firsthand. If you get to see them in person, it's truly a treat. Guys, thank you for joining us. It's always a pleasure to talk to you both. And uh, we hope to see you again soon. Thank you. Thank you, man. Thanks for having us. All right, guys. We're going to get you back into the mix. This has been Manila Killa and Chet Porter on Lost in Dreams Radio. This is Lost in Dreams Radio. It brings us to the end of episode five of Lost in Dreams Radio. Thank you to my guests today, Danny Olson, Chet Porter, and Manila Killa. Such legends. We appreciate you guys being on the show. And also, I've just been notified that Danny Olson actually put out his set, the live set we were just talking about from Lost in Dreams, on his SoundCloud and YouTube today. So go check it out. It's so sick. From all of us at Lost in Dreams, we appreciate you being here. Share the show with somebody that you think might like it and make sure to tune in next month for another episode. Until then, this is Taylor Cade signing off. Peace out.